Welcome to Partnerships for Social and Emotional Learning, a new series of podcasts from the Wallace Foundation. I'm Lucas Held, Director of Communications at Wallace, and I'm delighted to have you join us today. This podcast series features conversations exploring the findings from the first two years of an initiative in which six communities are exploring whether, and if so how, children can benefit from intentional partnerships between schools and out-of-school time programs to build social and emotional skills, and what it takes to actually do this work. This effort is called Partnerships for Social and Emotional Learning Initiative, or what we have affectionately come to call PASELI. The six communities in the initiative are Boston, Dallas, Denver, Palm Beach County, Florida, Tacoma, Washington, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to thank our research partners at the RAND Corporation, whose findings and early lessons we'll explore in depth over this series. The first report, Early Lessons from Schools and Out-of-School Time Programs Implementing Social and Emotional Learning, is available without charge on the Wallace and RAND websites. We hope its findings will be useful whether you're a district, an out-of-school time provider, or a group of both collaborating, as well as to policymakers. Today's episode will focus on why developing the social and emotional skills of adults is important. In his first public report on the Pacelli Initiative, Rand found something that might be just a little counterintuitive, that to help young people develop social and emotional skills, we might actually need to focus on the adults first. So to help shed some light on why this perhaps puzzling finding might be the case, and also how this was carried out in one community, that's Palm Beach County, I'm delighted to welcome our three guests, all of whom are from Palm Beach County. We have with us Kristen Rulison, who is SEL manager for the Palm Beach County School District. We have Nellie Bisram, who is SEL specialist at Primetime Palm Beach County. That's an intermediary organization that provides supports for high quality program toward positive youth development in out-of-school time programs. And we also have Charlie Peterman, who is cafeteria manager at the Cross Point Elementary School. So thank you all each so much for joining us today. Uh, let, let's kick it off with Kristen. So Kristen, from the school district's perspective, when thinking about building SEL skills in students, why, why should one start with uh, the adults? And I'll just mention that uh, in its uh, first uh, evaluation report, Rand found that four professional development topics were particularly common uh, across the six cities. One was defining and giving an overview of SEL. The second was activities to help students build social and emotional skills, that is, activities to help uh, adults uh, help students. Third, helping teachers build their own skills. And fourth, ways to actually integrate SEL into uh, instruction and other activities. So tell us a bit about what kind of skills that Palm Beach County was uh, trying to build and why. So something that, you know, we 
believed in. That was really important. That SEL skills benefit everyone, not just um, kids and youth. In fact, when we were coming up with our own definition of SEL as a community, we were very intentional to include adults in our definition. Um, and that's because if we're going to ask you know, kids and youth to practice these SEL skills, then as adults, we need to model this. Um, you know, that phrase, action speaks louder than words. If I'm going to say that, you know, we need to get along, but um, a colleague of mine walks in and I start yelling at her in front of the class, they're going to see my actions versus what I'm teaching, right? So um, also, in addition to the modeling of the SEL, you know, teaching can be very stressful at times. And we know that stress affects our health and well-being. So we wanted to make sure that we were also spending time to really promote adult self-care practices and help educators be able to get those strategies to cope with stress and manage their own emotions. Um, and our goal was to create this space in the work environment where adults can cultivate, practice, and reflect on their own SEL skills while feeling supported, um, valued, and empowered. Really interesting. So, um, Nellie, let's let's go over to you. Does that um, sound familiar? Did you take a similar strategy with uh, the out-of-school time providers that uh, you work with uh, uh, from the intermediary? Yes, definitely. We've had really heavy focus on building the adult uh, intrapersonal and interpersonal skills. So um, in the out-of-school time space, I would say, um, so we offered an SEL academy where like 60%, uh, about two-thirds of the emphasis was on um, really having an experiential and an inquiry-based approach to um, cultivating those skills from the inside out. So this idea of embodied presence and embodied um, social emotional intelligence was at the core of, um, you know, the, the, the self-care of the adult, the ability to internalize model. Um, and then really what that did was made it a lot easier for the other learning that was happening around delivering um, explicit instruction or how to integrate SEL all of the time, it made it much easier um, and gave them more confidence because they were able to relate on a personal level to what SEL meant to them. What you're reminding me is that uh, in psychoanalytic training, all psychoanalysts actually have to go through their own analysis. So they experience, uh, they experience what it's like. So it sounds like there's something uh, similar in that kind of building a foundation. I mean, the phrase uh, you used, Nellie, was uh, embodied presence. And Kristen, you talked about action speaking, uh, speaking louder than words. I, w this, though, is a little bit different, I think, than um, equipping uh, teachers to teach math or history. Was this a difficult um, idea to introduce? For us, it wasn't difficult because we understand the nature of social and emotional learning. Um, and I think maybe on the front end, it was about having the patience to give them the experiences so that they could understand for themselves why that uh, approach is important. So, and, and I, would, I would also say that it wasn't an either or proposition, it was a both and. So it's um, building that foundation of embodied understanding and practice, using a trauma-informed approach, a whole person approach, 
um, where the adults themselves begin to feel included and understand how belonging um, and equity even can arise from that. And then with that understanding, scaffolding on top of that, the skills necessary to teach young people how to develop those skills themselves, but from an adult who's who are them from adults who are themselves um, at least attempting with some degree of vulnerability, I, I should mention as well, right? Because we're not perfect to embody these skills. So then it becomes real, it becomes there's a lot more integrity of purpose and, and it's much more sustainable as well. Kristen, does that resonate? Absolutely. SEL is, it's a journey. It's not something that you master at once. Um, And, you know, we really just want to create this environment where everyone really understands the importance of reflection. It's not about being perfect or being, you know, um, a perfectionist at something and getting it right every time. But when things don't go right, do you take time to stop and reflect on, okay, what could I do better next time? Great. Well, let's, let me jump ahead to um, Charlie. So Charlie, you're cafeteria manager at uh, Cross Point Elementary. You, you've been there for uh, nine years, uh, uh, undoubtedly seeing many students, and you requested um, SEL training for your cafeteria staff. Um, so wh- why was that? Uh, what, what did you hope they would, uh, uh, they would learn? Well, our school is really um, very active in trying to make the whole school a community. And unfortunately, the cafeteria and other departments are not available to go to the many workshops um, because of the time time um, management. So I really felt for my staff um, we needed team building, and I love the concept of the uh, SEL learning. I wanted them to have more empathy toward each other because they are big role models. The children come through. We have, you know, on a normal basis, we have over 600 children that come through, and they see what we're doing and how we're reacting to each other. And I felt that it was really important for my staff to one, feel part of the community of the school so that we all had the same vision. We're all on basically speaking the same language throughout the day. So the kids see it no matter where they go. Also, I wanted them to to really learn how to communicate better with each other and have more empathy towards the adults. They show a lot of empathy for the children but we've got to show it to each other as well. That gets back to uh, what Kristen was saying about um, action speaking louder than words and that kind of modeling. How, how, how long was the uh, workshop or series of workshops and wh- what kind of uh, impact did it make? I will be honest, we had um, four workshops. They were an hour long. Um, and at first, they were a little resistant because I think Nellie said, you know, if you don't really understand the process, you're really not sure what you're getting into. They did a lot of team building. One of my favorites, because I have a very diverse uh, group um, of employees, it was the um, 
where everyone looked at each other. They had a partner and they had to look at each other for a minute and just realize that it doesn't matter that we're all different looking. We all feel the same. So there, there is power in silence. Um, well, Kristen, I mean, oftentimes uh, cafeteria might be kind of overlooked in a district's SEL effort. So from your perspective, uh, uh, from uh, how, why is this and how, why is it so important that um, these sort of non-classroom spaces are part of the, considered part of the community? You know, every adult on campus um, has a very important role in a child's life and they might not even realize it. In fact, as Charlie was talking, um, one of the first adults that my own daughter sees every day when she goes to school is the cafeteria manager. And I kid you not, but she calls Miss Karen her best friend because wow. Miss Karen is the one that greets her every morning when she goes to get breakfast. And, you know, School should become this family and it's your home away from home, right? We want all the kids and even staff to feel safe and feel like that this is their family and that they have this sense of belonging. Um, so I think it is really important that every adult, you don't know who's going to be the first adult to greet a child that day. It could be the attendance clerk in the front office. It could be the bus driver. Um, and not only that, you know, so often we work within our grade levels as teachers. Um, what has been really nice about this approach that we've tried with SEL and trying when we can bring everyone together, you really get to know the people that you work with and you see every day um, and you get to form those deeper relationships and it makes the workplace, you know, a happier place to be. And when people are happy, they perform better in their jobs. And it also helps with employee retention. And uh, Nellie, does, does this idea of sort of the community also apply in the OST realm? Absolutely. I mean, um, so I, I was actually involved in the <laughs> in the four sessions that Charlie's talking about. And I remember that active facilitating that activity and it was, there were tears. Right. Um, and, and I remember thinking after that um, experience, how important it is to build an ecosystem. Um, and the ecosystem expands beyond school day. It expands into OSD, which is like the whole premise for this project. Um, and, you know, in Palm Beach County, it even expands to the larger community of um, providers um, that are serving youth in some capacity. So much of what we're talking about, we have expanded into the community um, by, especially in the area of adult SEL, um, as a means to to really embodying and I guess shifting the culture of of or just our way of being and um, hoping that over time that that begins to, some of what Kristen was mentioning, that begins to really strengthen relationships, which is really the foundation for everything, right? And you use the word uh, ecosystem. So I think one of the questions um, this raises is uh, how these uh ways of modeling behavior can be reinforced and sustained. Obviously, staff changes, new folks come in, come out, uh, retirements. How, what, how have each of you thought about the question of um, sustainment? And, and maybe start with you, uh, uh, Kristen, and then uh, Charlie and Nellie. 
Yeah, so that's something that um, we've been working on with Primetime and really talking and thinking about how do we keep up with new employees as they start and how can we embed social emotional learning into part of their onboarding um, program. So we've been looking at that. And then again, even if you aren't a new employee, you know, this concept of it's not a one and done experience, right? We're always reflecting, we're always growing. So how do we keep that going? Um, And we've, you know, there's so much with SEL to do and focus on. It's almost like an onion. You can keep peeling layers back and go deeper and deeper. Um, And so we've been incorporating, you know, there's different practices now that we have as part of our culture um, where, you know, we've started SEL signature practices such as a welcoming ritual um, and engaging practices and ending meetings with an optimistic closure and embedding these practices into our everyday life, um, not just for adults, but also for students. So it's really the kind of um, ritualization that uh, uh, you're relying on in part to um, sustain these things, kind of weaving it into the fabric. How about you, Nellie? Um, something that was really simple, a sort of simple mantra that we tried to um, invoke in the OSD space, and I believe this is also happening in the school day space, is that what really shifts behavior is daily practice. So it could be something small, but it has to be intentional, meaningful, and explicit. Um, And it has to be something that, um, where there's a common understanding and language around. So whether it's signature practices, I'm I'm also a a mindfulness trainer, so I'm a huge advocate for sort of the inside out approach to SEL, which is this this idea of, of embodying presence. So, and we can do that anywhere with our breath. So, um, we one practice that we use is called a power pause, and that has really been transformative because it's literally coming into the present moment wherever we are, whenever we are. So if nothing else, this idea that we are in control of how we practice SEL at any moment really also allows us to have some agency around um, you know, we don't need to attend a, a, a lengthy training or if we don't have time to participate in coaching, if we could hold on to one practice that really can carry us, then it, it, it really starts to shift the, the culture, um, not just in the immediate school community, but in the broader community. Which then implies as giving people a practice they can hold on to and use implies then that you've invested in building a kind of common understanding of what those practices are, what the tools are. I know that's uh, something that also emerged in the RAND study. So, did, Charlie, how, how how are you thinking of keeping this uh, keeping this going? Uh, actually, it was such a success. Um, my employees actually said it helped them in their home life, also. Wow. So. We have kind of, yeah, they actually requested um, when we can to have more more training, which I was really pleased about. And um, one of the things that we do in the morning, I have a five-minute meeting, and I ask everybody to give me their word for the, that, that morning, that day, 
Um, that way, if we know if somebody's um, not having such a great day, we can extend a little bit more empathy towards them. And we know how everybody's feeling and we try to just lift the ones up that are not having a great day. Thanks. That's helpful. Let me ask uh, Kristen, of course, we've since March been uh, <clears throat> swept up in the impact of uh, COVID-19. How, how has this affected um, the district's work in SEL? You know, it actually, I think, has helped um, kind of put a spotlight on SEL and the importance of SEL, believe it or not. Um, I think everyone was really concerned about everyone's um, well-being and mental health during this time that we actually had a lot of adults reaching out and asking for help. And the schools that already had some of these um, systems and rituals and practices in place, it was really neat to see that they were able to then transfer this into um, a virtual setting. Um, and we saw that even though, um, you know, in the spring, we weren't all to be able to be together in the same room and we were meeting through um, Google Meet. We still had those relationships. We still knew a lot about each other so we could call and check in on each other, check in on their families um, and really not just practice our own self-care, but help and make sure that everyone else's well-being and everybody else was doing good at that time. I think, too, for principals, um, the principles that have really been leading with that SEL lens, I think it really helped them know how to start with their staff's well-being first and making sure that they were all okay and really being able to continue to build on those um, relationships. Sounds like it, it, the process of uh, building these skills, in effect, built some social capital between uh, between the adults. I'm seeing some head nodding from Nellie and Charlie. Anything you guys would uh, want to add on that uh, COVID question? That was beautifully said, and, and we experienced the same thing in OSD. I mean, I think the words I would use are prosilience and resilience. I think we invested in prosilience. And prosilience is kind of like storing up, right, for, for when the storm comes. And when COVID happened, we heard everywhere, um, practitioners and directors in out-of-school time space saying, we're so glad we learned these skills because we are really using them right now. If we weren't serious about them before, we're really using them now. Um, in the out-of-school time space, um, because there was an in-person school for a very long time, towards the end of the semester and then even over the summer, we had to pivot and adapt a lot to support um, not just socially and emotionally, but also financially helping by offering stipends to practitioners to stay engaged in professional learning, which, which really worked well. Um, and so uh, that was sort of an indirect way to keep them um, in the fold uh, in a way where they were continually having their self-care needs met. Um, you know, we use, as I mentioned, a trauma-informed kind of mind-body approach, which, which they really appreciated. Um, we came out with a self-care challenge that was made available. It's an on-demand um, video series that was made available and, and was highly utilized. 
Um, and, and the other thing that we learned is that we have to offer um, some variety in our professional learning because the world is online. And so we pivoted to, to virtual, in-person, live, but also created some self-paced options because um, in the out-of-school time space, you know, there's, there's, um, there are challenges with scheduling, there's high turnover. And so that allowed us to be, to, um, to be more inclusive of those who were missing out on professional learning before to really be able to benefit. So different entry points. Um, Charlie, do you want to add anything? I think something, if we try to find something good that uh, has come out of the pandemic is, I think with the social emotional learning, those of us that had a base and those are learning, um, I think we have learned how to communicate with each other and also listen, really listen to what the other person is saying because we don't have the hands on and we all have a mask on. So you, it's hard to read facial expressions. So I, I really feel like we're all learning to use our words more effectively. Well, speaking of using words effectively, um, we want to just give each of you uh, a, a quick chance to offer any advice to counterparts across the country who uh, are thinking about um, intensifying their SEL work. So let, let's start with um, uh, Nellie, then uh, go to Charlie and uh, Kristen. What, uh, what bit of advice would you uh, give, give a colleague having been through this intense uh, multi-year uh, Pacelli initiative? Hmm. So there are three things that come to mind. Um, one, we talked about, we can't teach what we don't practice. Inside-out approach to SEL is what works. <laughs> um, secondly, patience, especially if you're going to do seven to seven approach, um, because we need time to build relationships, you know, and, it, and, and that's foundational. So it's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint. And then thirdly, close to my heart, designed with equity in mind on the front end um, so that the expression and the expression of SEL is more organic, more diverse, and it promotes while we're building the SEL skills, we're also promoting justice and inclusion. Great. Thanks. Um, let's go to Charlie. What, what advice for a colleague uh, cafeteria manager? My biggest advice is, is that they should look into SEL and bring it to their team in the cafeteria and they will definitely see a difference. Um, I find that you, if you live more mindfully, you are aware of other people and your own self-awareness of your actions. So I would highly suggest at every opportunity that I really believe that all cafeteria managers should bring this to their team. Thanks. And let's go to Kristen. So start and continue with the adults. Um, and remember that even after you lay that foundation with the adults around SEL, it, it's ongoing. And to continue ways to embed that so it becomes part of your everyday practice, um, as well as I would say, think about SEL as a four-year 
project of getting started. Um, and you almost need to go slow. It could be a little overwhelming at first where you're like, oh my goodness, there's so much to do. So really think about what are our goals for the next four years and come up with like a four-year multi-year plan so that you take on different aspects across those four years. And that way you can go deep and you're not trying to do everything at once. And that really then involves more time for self-reflection and practice, which is key to this work. Well, terrific advice from our uh, expert panel who have indeed uh, uh, experienced this from the inside out. And, and we very much appreciate their wisdom. Thank you. Thank you.